my art is also very personal and because it's so personal it's like people have to get really close to me to really be able to tell the story correctly mm -hmm. and so like I remember Karima coming to the strip club that I had worked at to like check out the location and see if it was a thing and you just know kind of sinking that vibe of like the feel of the place and yeah exactly right. and that's extremely intimate and that's extremely like scary because often I didn't like combine my two worlds today's guest has been recently nominated for a Juno award along the likes of Alanis Morissette and one of her childhood heroes, Celine Dion. She began making waves when we caught up with her last year around her album, Chapter 3, The Come Up, where she shares her journey as a former sex worker, topics of love, women empowerment, and many other things. Her music is real, her music is raw, and she joins us again right now to tell us more about her journey as a singer-songwriter. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Story. A lot's like has happened since I last had you on the show. Like uh, I had a studio space, which is no longer obviously like COVID and all this stuff. It's uh, it's messing with like a lot of businesses and stuff. But uh, it's uh, you've had like quite a productive year with all that being said. And I think um, we last left off in like the interview I did with you was uh, we talked about chapter three that you released then, and also. Um, then you were about to go to the Junos and perform. Yes. And yes, and heartbreaking. That kind of uh, got pulled away from you just like the week before. Am I right? It literally happened the day that I was about to fly out. Like the morning I was had my bags packed and I'm about to leave the house. And uh, I found out that the Junos are canceled. And uh, it was heartbreaking. It was so heartbreaking. Like, even the idea of this year now being kind of online and whatever is also heartbreaking, but at least I was, like, prepared for it. But that was, like, a real blow. And it was my first nomination, so it was, like, it was really tough. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And congratulations on that, too. It's, uh, it's amazing. And uh, honestly, you deserve it. It's uh, amazing music you've been putting out. And also, like, throughout, like, the whole pandemic, you've been keeping consistent, making music videos and stuff. And uh, what's so cool about your nomination, um, just uh, you're in the category with, like, Alanis and Celine Dion, which is fucking insane. Like, so how, do you, how did you feel when you, like, saw your name kind of up beside those, those, uh, those acts and legends? It was crazy. Okay, so, like, we're going to have to go into a little bit of a story here. Yeah, yeah, let's go. Um, <laughs> so I grew up. Um, learning how to sing from Celine Dion and Whitney Houston and Mariah Carey. But Celine Dion was like my everything. Like I literally learned her accent and would sing with her accent. Um, I would learn, like I learned one of her French songs and people would think that I actually spoke French um, because of how good my accent was because I was obsessed with her. She was the first two concerts I ever went to as a kid. Like I was like eight years old and my dad, um, he got tickets from a scalper. Is that what they call them? Yeah. Yeah. Where they're like outside just trying to like 
panhandle them and stuff. Exactly. But it was like at a bar or something and like they were all sold out. And my dad was like, you know, he knew how much I wanted to go to this concert. So he got them for like way too much money. And the guy told him that it was like second row. And so I got all dressed up. Like I went in a velvet dress. Like my hair was up. I had it curled in the front, like makeup. My dad was in a suit. I was ready for her to call me up on stage and have me sing part of her song and her take me on tour with her. Okay. <laughs> and, and you were ready. You were ready. <laughs> I was ready for that moment. I was like, this bitch gonna call me. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> like, and um, I get there and it turns out that we're like in the back. And, you know, I was kind of more just trying to make my dad feel better about it because I didn't want him to think that I wasn't having a good time. Like I was disappointed, but like I was still there seeing Celine Dion perform. Like I was happy, you know what I mean? And then she called this other lady on stage and like, I was just like, ugh, that should have been me. She was terrible. Oh, she was sitting in the seats you imagined you were going to be in. Yeah, oh, yeah. exactly. Oh, I, I feel bad too that, uh, that you guys kind of, well, you still got to see the show and like. Uh, yeah, yeah. And then my second show, I went to see her again. That was my second live show experience to seeing Celine Dion. So like. I was in love with her. And so to be nominated next to her is such an honor. Um, and it's also terribly confusing because not because I don't think I'm like talented enough or anything, um, but for the fact that I'm kind of the ultimate underdog in this category, if you know what I mean, like, mm -hmm. Everybody else in this category has like some sort of team and some sort of like distribution and probably quite a bit of money. And you know what I mean? And I literally wrote and produced and funded and promoted and made the videos for like, when I say I'm a one woman show, like that is literally it. Like I don't have management. I didn't have producers and I have the ultimate like imposter syndrome. So when I was in school, like in high school, I remember always saying to my buddy Tom, like, oh, I'm gonna fail this class, I'm gonna fail this. And I'd always get like 99%, but I truly in my heart always thought that it was sheer luck that I got such a good grade or something like that. So when I got nominated for my first Juno, I pawned it off as like, oh, it's because Sly and Robbie produced it. That's probably why, not because I sang good or I wrote a good song or whatever. And so the second Juno nom was really cool because I couldn't point it to anyone else. Yeah. It was literally all me. And, uh, and of course my buddy Tom, but you know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. it was us too. And we didn't, you know, we're not big producers and we're not, you know, and it's, it's my first album to ever come out. And um, I just kind of like flabbergasted at the fact that, you know, the record is still not, you know, performing so well. And it's still not, um, I still can't make a full-time living as an artist. And here I am next to people who have, you know, millions of dollars and huge teams. And, you know, um, so it is a very confusing industry, I think, in the Canadian, Canadian music industry, like that this can happen. 
Oh yeah, definitely. And even, um, I, I wasn't really like in the know of that before. And, um, I had a uh, Biff naked on my show too. And she told me the same thing. She's like, almost like all of your favorite artists have side hustles and day jobs. Cause like the industry is, is changed so much in a way, uh, that you guys, uh, make money and get monetized. And like, there's no big album sales anymore, really. Cause everybody's streaming and it's, it's such like a tricky wave of what's going on and it's continually like changing. Like it seems like, like month by month there's something new or a new app or whatever. But um, yeah, it's just very interesting, but uh, kudos to you for putting in the work. And like, I've been like this past year, just been enjoying like all your stuff too. And it's, it's kind of interesting to, to me to hear that you have that imposter mm -hmm. syndrome too. Cause um, um, I remember seeing uh, one of your album release shows and it might've been one of the last shows I've seen before lockdown. Mm -hmm. And um, I said to my friend the next day, I like I was showing him your music and stuff. And it was one of like the best shows I've seen in ever. <laughs> like um, just, oh, uh, thank you. Um, just uh, the way you perform and like the songs and stuff, it's, you kind of, um, the, like the set that I saw, you kind of took the audience like on this journey and, uh, mm. and it's, it's just awesome in a way. But um, I, I also wanted to ask too, it's like when you are going to perform a set too, are you like conscious of like the track order of like how everything's going to flow together and stuff? Cause you have, you kind of can like with your, your, uh, all your songs, you can kind of take people on so many different emotions from like, heartbreak to smiling laughing to like you 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 have like a little fun jokes here and there and then just like beautiful singing all over the place but uh and it all kind of fits into like this one piece but uh yeah hmm. thank you um yeah i i do plan these things um for me it's you know a lot of people are are more off the cuff and they just like to jam on stage and for me, it's it's really in the details, and I, I really want to portray a story. Like, obviously, it's not scripted to the point that I'm like, you know, I just know the gist of what I'm going to say or like, you know what I mean? But, mm -hmm. um, but I still do have like a rhythm to it and a flow and an order, and, and that is important to me. The order of the songs are super important and how I'm telling the story because I do want to take my listeners on a journey, and you're correct. Like I try to create an experience for people, and I've been missing that so much. Um, I really like – I feel like live shows is – what I do best and that was taken away from me so mm -hmm. yeah. from all of us yeah I agree like uh yeah you're you really shine when you're on the stage too and I I even remember too uh I didn't know your opera background too and you opened with uh with that one classical piece and they're like my mind just melting it's <laughs> just like holy fuck <laughs> and then looking around and then everybody else is just like holy fuck like it's uh, I've, i felt like that was like such a special moment <laughs> <laughs> i'm so happy you enjoyed it yeah i think it's a cool way to like bring classical music to people without like bombarding them with a full-on opera so um yeah i think it's cool yeah, i enjoy that's... surprising my my listeners and viewers yeah and uh with your whole like like you mentioned you're 
you're the one woman show, like just chipping away at, uh, at your craft. And, um, even, uh, I, I noticed like over like the year or two, you've been directing your own music videos from doing claymation to like very like creative ideas. And you like, uh, like in just projected. So like, uh, what, what am I trying to say? Like executed so well with like the budget you have and everything, like everything looks so like professional and stuff. And I wanted to ask, like, do you have a background in film and everything like that? No, I, I don't. Um, I, I did a few of the music videos um, for chapter three that come up just out of desperation, really, because I just didn't have the budget and I wasn't getting funding and um, I was having a hard time, you know, finding directors that, you know, suited my vision. And, and so I, I ended up making a, a few of my own things, but I've been lucky um, for Interlude 19 to, you know, have a collaborator who was able to just like pull all of this off in quarantine. Um, her name's Karima Issa, and it was just it was just so great to not have to be the person to do it all. Um, and I hope to like, I'm, I'm still planning to direct stuff now that I've done it. I, I love it. And I want to continue to, um, you know, I just like dabbling in like different art forms and I, I'm, I'm a creator. I say, I don't really say like I'm a singer, like I'm a creator in all facets but um, I do love working with people who have studied film and who have done, um, who are kind of like the best at what they do in a sense, because then that brings the art to a whole different level. You know, like I don't want to be a one woman show forever. You know, mm -hmm. like I do want to collaborate with more people, but yeah, it started out as more of a necessity. And so I just had to learn and luckily I'm, I'm pretty quick at picking these sorts of things up. So, yeah, I feel very similar to you in that sense too. I just like, like some people know me from the podcast. Some people know me from video editing and stuff. Like I'm just very hands-on. And what's cool is like, uh, sometimes you can be doing all these different things in different lanes and then you'll have a moment where two of them connect or something like that. Or you gain like some knowledge from, way over here and it fits over here and you never thought it would like come together like that and uh it mm -hmm. seems like that's something that's uh that's matching well with your music all your other talents and stuff just to kind of uh bring a bigger presentation than just the song itself yeah for sure i mean i just wish i had more time to do the art because i have mm -hmm. all these fabulous ideas or at least I think they're fabulous and um, I just don't have the time to execute them all I've been finding that five percent of my time is spent making art and 95 percent of it is doing admin and managerial work and promotional work and outreach and whatever and um, or just trying to make a living so um, so I'm really looking forward to hopefully having a bigger team soon uh, anyone who's listening to this, who is in, you know, the music industry, quote unquote, I need help. Like, that's what it is. I'm honestly so surprised that people have not been 
you know bringing me up like y'all are sleeping fam you know (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) what's going on for sure for sure Um, and and yeah i need help i want to do more art that's good to know um especially like with this uh platform i have um a lot of uh different creators tend to hit me up and say they kind of listen to these episodes just like in the background if they're drawing or editing and stuff and it kind of gives them a little like push that's why i love having like people like you on to to kind of like tell their tell your story and stuff because uh i remember i got the feedback from your last episode and just people just loved it and like just hearing everything but but hey if you have some talent that you think can match with what story's doing if it fits the vibe or whatever like she <laughs> says hit her up hit her up i know there's a lot of talented motherfuckers who uh who tell me they listen to the show so please please but um yeah that's that's um that's that's so interesting to hear um just uh like how much you do behind the scenes and uh even one thing um I absolutely love that you made over the past year was um, the claymation music video too. And Mm -hmm. I can't even imagine the fucking work that went into doing that kind of stop motion and not only just doing stop motion, but just doing it so well as well. Thank you. Yeah, it was um, a four month process um, in my mother's basement. And uh, I reached out to like, two of my friends and I was just basically like listen I know y'all have never done one of these neither have I we all don't know what we're doing but we can google the shit so uh you know and they believed in my vision one of my friends Roland he is actually a manager at a restaurant he's not he's not really like in the arts at all and then my other friend charlotte she is a makeup artist so she is artistic and she's made like puppets and stuff but never done like claymation or stop motion or anything um and so i kind of storyboarded the whole thing and i orchestrated it and we had six hundred dollars that was my budget like that's what we had and we stretched that shit like so far. And the thing is, is like, we actually didn't have a lot of, like, cause, cause clay is pretty expensive. So throughout the video, we, we actually shot it from top down so that way we could create that monster at the end with all the clay from what we had used to make the other stuff in the beginning. Mm. Um, And so it's kind of interesting because it goes with the theme of the video in the sense that like this kind of character consumes all of this stuff. And in the end, nothing exists any longer. So like we don't have, the only thing that exists is the girl, which is like me and the heart and nothing else because it was all, all the clay was used from the previous props and characters to make this last big character um and it was really more of a financial situation but it's turned out to be like a really cool um take on like consumption and how detrimental it is you know so it was really interesting but um it's been in like a dozen film festivals uh it's won a few awards 
I actually thought that that was going to be the thing that maybe got me back into the Junos because I submitted it as my video uh, for music video of the year. So I didn't actually anticipate this Juno nom, but I, I really thought that I had a chance in that one because I, I did think it was quite unique. And also the fact that it was just done all like independently with no money and you know yeah. um but yeah it, it, i'm very proud of it it's probably one of the things that i'm the most proud of um so far in my artistry because it really does combine the film and the visual art and the musical aspects and storytelling aspects all together yeah wow and well, that kind of blows my mind hearing that uh that's the first time you guys ever did stop motion animation as well. <laughs> it's like, yeah, people who are listening to this, you, you gotta, you gotta check it out. And, and yeah, you won't believe her either. <laughs> like, it's so, <laughs> it's oh wow. Like, yeah, like my, my brain is broken right now, but. It's so you, funny. It's called Up and it is, I truly believe, like everybody says this about, I, I truly believe that if you put your mind to anything that you can actually accomplish it, like even if you are not innately good or quote unquote innately good at something like stop motion takes fucking patience. If you have the patience, then you can get it done. You just have to not um, listen to those voices in your head that say that you can't do it or if something goes wrong um, on the first or second or third try that it's not worth continuing, you know, um, I look back at it now and I would have changed so many things, but I learned along the way. And, um, I think you can even see that in the process of the video. Like, I think the video actually gets better halfway through, like the second half is better than the first half because the first half was shot first, you know yeah. what I mean? Uh, and I learned along the way in that process. So um, I truly believe that. Like, I don't consider myself to be tech savvy at all. And um, I just updated my website. Like, and I just ran like an email campaign. And like, you know what I mean? And yes, it takes me so much more. It takes so much more effort out of me than it does to create something artistic than it does to do something on the tech side of things. But when I see it through, and yes, I pull my hair out sometimes, but I make it to the end and you can make it to the end. So I think anyone could do a clay animation if they wanted. That's yeah. my opinion. Yeah, and even even beyond that, just um, that spirit, I think it's very important. Like uh, um, if you put your intentions in the right place and just go for it, even if you don't know how, it's like you might fail at the beginning. But again, if you don't give up, like, you're going to, you're going to keep pushing uh, slowly to slowly towards your goal and like make it happen. And um, yeah, like um, that's something I've been practicing for like the past few years and it, it's changed my life. Like with just doing different projects or whatever, or just, just, or just doing following goals that I want in my life. And uh, I wish I kind of had that spirit to, uh, when I was a little younger as well. Like, I feel like I'd be like way ahead of like where I'm at right now. But um, at the same time, like, again, it's just, it's just important to, to just realize like sometimes the first step is the hardest and you can get all these internal like thoughts being like, Oh, this is too hard or, 
or just like you don't really know what you're doing but like in this year too it's like you can simply like just youtube and google everything and and learn and like uh i think lots of people they're looking for that instant um I don't know, gratisfaction on like something they want to make, like, let's just make it now. And then they see the process and they get scared and run away from it. But, uh, but um, I don't know, magic happens when you start taking steps towards it and you start realizing that you can, you can fucking do anything if you really want to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So would you, would you say that's your, your favorite video? Um, you you produce like so many like really creative ones too. I, I like one that's popping in my head right now. I, I like the one where you had like a bunch of uh, doppelgangers hanging around and stuff. Oh yeah, yeah <laughs> that was fun. Oh my god, that was really rough shooting because it's quite cold <laughs> that <laughs> yeah. day. Um yeah, there's some really cool concepts. Um, I love them all. I still have a few actually to release for Interlude 19 because we did a video for every single song on the record. Um I actually recorded that record at a friend's place um in um near Belleville. It's called Collabo Camp, and uh they let us use the space they have um a little like studio there and and so I wrote and recorded all of the songs in seven days there and then in the three days after that um, we shot all the videos for all 10 songs so Karima was um, conceptualizing the 10 videos as I was kind of writing them and recording them and it was just the two of us so she had to kind of like you know, she's the camera operator and the director and she, and I'm the only person she has to work with because we're like in quarantine essentially. So it was really cool. And I think that's a really, really neat project. Um, But up still, it's always gonna like, at this point is my favorite because yeah, it's the baby. (laughs) Yeah, it's my baby. I can't. You know, I also love Money Ain't Free. Um, Karima had also uh, directed that. That's how I met her initially. And, um, you know, she told the story of me having to go back to being a stripper and, you know, to fund my career. And so I just really loved her storytelling and, you know, concept and execution of that video. And that was the last video I think that we um, shot before COVID hit. Yeah. 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 Where we could still have like a team and everything, you know? Yeah. That that was a dope video too, by the way. And uh, do do you find like um, having these smaller teams too, when you, like I've had this experience like working on tight budgets and with tiny teams and you finally finish, you got the product, you watch it it's like what you imagined and it just kind of like brings you all a little closer together. Do you, do you feel that when you're done a project? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think that my art is also very personal and because it's so personal, it's like people have to get really close to me to really be able to tell the story correctly. Mm -hmm. And so like, I remember Karima coming to the strip club that I had worked at to like 
check out the location and see if it was a thing and you just know kind of sink in that vibe of like the feel of the place and yeah exactly and that's extremely intimate and that's extremely like scary because often i didn't like combine my two worlds you know like people would know me you know as story the musician or you know at work under another name or like my government name at home like my close like friends and family and so it's like i had these lives kind of compartmentalized which is um what you don't know me nana is actually all about like that Mm -hmm. song um but yeah so when i am creating this artistry i often divulge a lot about myself to my teammates because i do want them to get the full scope and to really be able to like dive into these different emotions and um, different lives yeah did did you feel like um before you started sharing your journey through music when somebody would know you from one thing whether it's being a stripper or uh just like in your home family life or like do dabbling in music and and stuff like that do you feel like all the time that people in different sections of your life didn't really know the full you um I mean, yeah, but I mean, I I think most people feel that way. I think most people never feel like their full self around most people. You know, we're all different characters around different people. And it's not that that's not us. It's just that different people pull out different sides of you. Um, But yeah, I mean, obviously, I'm not trying to have my family see like the stripper side of me. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so. definitely, definitely. But uh, yeah, would would you like? Because obviously, like it's all out in the open and through your music. But um, would you ever like talk to them about like some of these things? Um, like the family members that I'm close to, you know. Yeah. But um, not really. Yeah. most of them i think it's more just like a silent support mm-hmm. yeah yeah and um like i know you only from the music side and um you're such like like when i when i see you perform like it's, it's just fucking amazing and uh i was i was wondering if like your time as being on the like the stripper side of things brought you confidence to be in front of people like Uh, I don't know. Um, I think that I just grew up and gained more confidence in myself. Um, I do think that being on stage naked is is extremely liberating. Um, I remember that being my favorite part of the job was actually going on stage because, you know, you really just get to learn to be in your body and love your body and like express yourself in a more expansive way than I think most people are generally. Um, I think that's why I'm totally obsessed with RuPaul's Drag Race right now because, you know, people who are performers and have to put on these like characters, you know, um, they 
it's almost like, okay, well, this isn't me. So I can just be a full, completely different character and like go wild and then leave here. And it doesn't really have to say anything about me. And so like, as this other person, um, and so I felt very similarly in the strip club. It was like, oh, I can be this kind of almost more outrageous person who says kind of crude things. And yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Sounds therapeutic uh, in a way, like just like, cause it's yeah. like a, a spot where it's just suitable to just let loose and just, it's your time to go nuts. Like. <laughs> Yeah, and I think that's also what draws people to these kinds of places more than anything else. Um, I think it's more just the ability to express themselves and like who they are in a in a less judgmental space. Um, and I wish that more on the whole world. Yeah, like I just wish that more people were more free in who they who they are all the time. Um, yeah. we hide a lot and we're afraid of judgment a lot and we're afraid to make mistakes and it's tough, you know, especially when the, um, public eye is on you and cancel culture is fucking crazy. You don't want to make a mistake. And so I think that it's really just important that one, um, if you do make a mistake, you just own it and you, and you apologize and you, you know, make it right. Um, but I think it's important to not be so afraid. I think people just need to be more self-expressed um, verbally, physically, sexually, emotionally. Yeah. Yeah, I I agree. And I feel like uh, a lot of my different releases, like, and, and I'm sure like, for most people too, just over this year, it's like been taken away. Like I like to go to like one thing I, I moved by this one concert venue just cause it has like all my favorite fucking metal bands fly through. Like, and I've seen like everybody who I listened to as a child been like around the block here. And I would just go like once a week and it's a place where I could just be primal and let loose. It's just like a big mosh pit and like, all these people like liking the same thing. And uh, it's just like that energy's taken away from me. And then also even like, it's weird to be a single dude dating right now too. Cause there's so many precautions and like people have different comfort levels and there's a lot of fear of what's going on right now. And it's just like, I keep feeling like I've been taken like those things where I would get my healthy escape of like letting loose or like, just kind of gone and I'm like I can't wait till things start piecing back together and even even just seeing like live music and stand-up comedy too um kind of uh watching others just let loose and be free I kind of get like a a, a contact rush of that too as well and I think that's why like I love talking to like artists who like hit stages and just let loose and go nuts and are raw and real and stuff but uh but yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's so weird. I, I hope like, uh, the world starts turning again where we can, we can, uh, enjoy this, these kind of things. Mm -hmm. yeah. So, um, so over, over like this time, um, have you been writing at all? I've been doing some writing. Um, I've been writing with 
like in kind of writing camps and mm-hmm. um, trying to collaborate more, like all the stuff that I've done so far has been by myself essentially or with Tom and, and uh, you know, I worked with Junior T a bit mm-hmm. on that other record and a few other friends of mine, Frank and Steve. And, um, but generally it's been pretty, pretty consistently like I write all my lyrics, I write all the melodies, you know, like, um, so I've been trying to like get out there more and collaborate more and try different things because um, you can get stuck in doing things the way that you do them. Mm-hmm. So, and I always like to like push my limits and stuff. What a cute. Yeah, I can't believe it's being nice right now. <laughs> I, I'm not sure if I hit record though, but for people who, if they're watching the video version, I was telling story when we, we turned on the Zoom that this cat was trying to murder me since last Friday. It was so confused because I'm watching it for its owner and she's like, fuck you for leaving me. Who's this guy here? And, and right now she's purring and maybe she's just a big story fan too. You know, that could be uh-huh. it. Here we go. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, so I've, I have been writing um, and I'm just trying different things right now. Um, I can't say that I have like a body of work yet that I'm ready to give to the world, but I also feel like I have two really beautiful records that came out last year that have still not been heard by the majority of the world so i'm not gonna rush i'm just taking my time to make art yeah and when the the muse hits you know like then yeah i think that's the way to do it too uh, i find like some people uh they'll get a wave of like good stuff and then kind of use up all their juices on one thing and they just kind of want to keep that uh that that thing going and they're almost like forcing material but i think it's always like the best to just kind of go with the flow and and just um i don't know like strike when the iron's hot in a way and uh like you mentioned you have a whole plethora of like so many new tunes too and like just people just need to hear you and uh yeah it's uh i i wish i had a bigger platform <laughs> so uh You're so sweet but but um i th- i think um i think I don't know. Like I, I think about like your work and like how, like when I listen to it too, and when I share it with somebody, um, people are almost like, Oh, why haven't I heard of this before in a way? Like, cause it's just, um, the music is so good. It just speaks for itself. And like, I just, uh, just want to say, keep, keep doing your thing, keep crushing it. And, uh, and I, I just have a feeling like more good stuff is going to happen to you and just, Thank you. Yeah. From your mouth to God or the universe's ears. <laughs> um, I really appreciate it. And I I appreciate just everyone who has been listening to my music and supporting me this whole time. And, um, you know, because I know what it's like to, you know, want to like what everyone else is liking and to actually look and find things and have an opinion on something that is not famous that is not you know (laughs) revered by the world and still like stand by it like it I appreciate that so much so like thank you so much for being a fan and for supporting what I do it like means the world to me yeah always and I hope we can do uh these annually too because uh I don't know I find like uh 
it's kind of cool. I'm starting to do this more often, get like guests back. And it's almost turning into these little audio documentaries. No, you know, it's mm. like, it's like, um, they're easy to do. It just only takes an hour. Cause, um, even before doing the podcast, I always felt like I wanted to make video documentaries, but it takes so much time and you just, you gotta be weird and follow a person for like a year or whatever. But I think this is like a good way to kind of do that. Like, uh, like having you back again to getting the catch up and like I've had a, a couple people on in the past year again like where I've had them maybe on like their first record and where they're at now and it's just kind of cool to to uh, kind of piece together these stories and I hope we can do this again uh, down the road in your next chapter 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 four would it be or five or yeah, i don't know maybe i'll put on chapter two or one first <laughs> uh, okay so you're, you're going like the star wars timeline where it's like goes backwards yeah backwards forwards <laughs> into the future <laughs> <laughs> i love it but uh yeah on that note uh where can people check you out uh, on instagram is story music right yeah it's story with two r's s-t-o-r-r-y music and then um definitely sign up for my email list at storymusic.com so with story with two r's music.com because if you do there are 11 acoustic demo versions of the entire album for you for free that no one else is gonna get yeah it's not gonna be released on spotify those motherfuckers can i'm just kidding Um (laughs) (laughs) kidding not kidding you gotta be on the good side right now but then later (laughs) (laughs) on my site i have like if you sign up for my email list it says fuck fame i want a fam and that's Mm. essentially what i'm going for like I don't need to be a multimillionaire. I don't need to have like everyone, you know, paparazzi following me. That's like, you know, if I have an international reach, that would be amazing because I think that my message is important, but it's not what I need as like a human being. What I need is a family. I need people who are like a tribe who understand what I do and who are moved by what I do and who reach out to me and tell me their stories and that inspires me and um so it's really cool like I really I've gotten like emails from a bunch of my fans and supporters and it always makes my day better uh knowing that I have this like little community of people who are just amazing and wanting the world to be better so um as much as I'm like, so I am a little bit like anti-establishment, anti like all these like mega corporations and all that <laughs> yeah. shit. But um, you know, everything ha- is necessary for a reason, I guess. You know. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and it's a beautiful thing. And this cat's yelling at me. Stop! <laughs> I don't know if that's gonna be on the mic or anything, but I'm gonna cut that out. Um, but. Uh, yeah once again like it's it's so nice to catch up with you get get your energy too it's uh like like i mentioned uh i've been listening to you all year and uh it's i feel i feel like uh your music too is something like the more i listen to it the more i like it like the first listen i'll like it but it kind of starts growing on you and you start getting the hooks in your head and everything and yeah it's something special so please keep doing what you're doing and 
the the fam's gonna grow i promise you if for no one else i will just do it for you yeah (laughs) (laughs) that's the best but uh yeah for people who are listening to the audio version of this we're gonna end with a song from story so yeah Hey, hope you guys enjoyed that episode. Before we get into this song by Story, I want to give a special thanks to everybody on the Patreon. First, our co-producer Jeremy Hopkin of Hopkin Design, and also our regular tier patrons Ola Mazuka of Sonic Fold, Ryan Watkins of Ryan Radio, Pat Maloney, Ryan Frickin' Campbell, Daniel San, and Francis Coffer aka my mom (laughs) thanks everybody and i'll see you next time these who's fighting for first day fighting for first day the first in line the first to die the first they get it with inside because that didn't mean a queen as a man get in a hate Get my giant steppy, I me regretting. I let him in my bed, I me sweating. Uh. I'ma take care of my own, so I can hold the throne. Even if that means I'm alone, I don't care if I'm alone. No, when I know they kiss a man, they want it bad. They'll try and stomp me if they can't hold me, cause their egos rule bad. Cause we love mama's not dead, and we love titties.